Got time for a quick story. I have a Morkie, Maltese slash Yorkshire Terrier, a Morkie. It's 10 years old, going on 11 this month that I'm recording this edition of Got Time for a Quick Story in March of 2021. And the terrier side definitely comes out. Jumping all over the place, running all over the place, getting super frenetic at times. And I've always been a Pekingese person growing up because that's what, what, what we'd have in my family as a kid growing up. But I've come to appreciate the Morky since I met my now wife a decade ago and this particular one whose name is Marley. So reading the book, Son of a Milkman, My, Life, my Crazy Life with Tesla by Brian Wheat, I discovered that he has terriers, plural, Jack Russell terriers. So immediately I was like, okay, I, I kind of have an idea of what he's talking about. Well, I got a chance to interview Brian about the book and about aspects of his career. And as you'll hear in this interview, he has some cameos. And you can guess the cameos I'm talking about. Take a listen here, my interview with Brian Wheat about his book, Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla. And evidently some Jack Russell Terriers as well. Russell Terriers as well. Talking today to Brian Wheat of Tesla. Book Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla came out back uh, late last year. I read the whole book, made, made a point to to read it, and I did it in about a week, um, a couple weeks ago, too. So fully prepped for for the chat today. First thing, actually, that, that jumped out as I'm reading the book, you mentioned a sister station of mine. Um, I'm in Eau Claire, Wisconsin with with a Midwest family is, is, the, is the name of the ownership of this group. But WJJO in Madison is one of our sister stations. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And um, they, they, uh, they're the folks who are there kind of work with one of our sister stations. And in fact, I believe you're going to be talking to one of their DJs tomorrow. In fact, I was just on my way over and they said, hey, yeah, I'm going to be talking to Brian tomorrow. So there's, I was very glad to see WJJO just internally come up um, in, in the reference in the book. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was from the Soul Motor days. Trying to get trying to get that going. Correct? If I'm, it was a page one twenty two. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They 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 were big supporters of the Soul Motor record. You, um, I, I, first thing I really want to get into though is the bass from Paul McCartney and the Hoffner. That was the first memory I I had of you watching MTV ninety one mm-hmm. when the the when Signs was was playing. And I remember seeing you playing the Hofner bass and going, that's that's the Paul McCartney bass. Back then, I was just young enough. I just knew it. Hey, that's the violin bass. I do. I got to say, I do have like the beginner, not the beginners, but it's like the low end model Hofner, one of those violin basses. Someone put that up for sale here in Eau Claire about five years ago, and I had to buy it. So I do actually own one of those. So I know what you're thinking of with the whole Paul McCartney thing of just you got to own that type of bass. Um, how wh- when did you buy your first Hofner? Mm, 88 yeah 1988 that that Hoffner I bought it in New York at a place on 48th Street called We Buy Guitars and they had all this vintage uh basses and stuff in there how many, that, was, that was in there how many how many do you own how many different types of Hoffners or violin basses do you have well today I have about 
eight. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, but that that that's the first one. That's the one I did five in acoustic jam with and what you give and, and stuff like that. What how would you compare playing that kind of instrument to other bass guitars? I've noticed it's it's much lighter because you know it's hollow bodied and everything. It did and for me being kind of a slight build, I prefer having that than a big fender that's kind of hanging off of me. What how would you compare playing that kind of guitar to other basses? Well, that that bass you got to play with a completely different touch. You know, you can't be real heavy-handed with it. Uh, you got to play it lighter. Um, you know, because the other bass I play all the time is a Thunderbird. So either I play a Thunderbird, a Gibson Thunderbird, or a Hofner bass, depending on what kind of song it is. You know, um, but. That bass, you know, you can't really dig into. You got to play it with a more light touch. Yeah, I've noticed the same same kind of thing. How has McCartney's bass influence, his particular approach to playing that instrument, affected how you play the instrument of the bass guitar? Well, he's he's my you know my my number one influence. So when I was learning how to play the bass. And, and stuff I was learning a lot of his bass lines so I mean it's affected me you know it's affected the whole way I play you went kind of the early route with Beatles albums and you you'd mentioned how you were getting like especially with like revolver and such and then then you would start to hear the later music you're listening to the blue album and going was like oh wow this is all different from from the early songs what is the appeal to you of that earlier Beatles music, especially, let's say, the Red Album stuff, the 62 to 66. What really what really spoke to you in, in that music? Well, I, I think from, you know, like, Help On, it it really spoke to me. The, the early stuff, you know, I Want to Hold Your Hand, From Me to You, She Loves You, and all that stuff. I never, that never really, you know, got to me. The first thing I ever heard was Eleanor Rigby so that was you know that's 66 mm -hmm. so that, that that you know that record could have been in in the blue one because that was when it really really changed you know there's quite a contrast between rubber soul and revolver yeah you almost could say there's like three, you almost could have divvied it up three ways there's pretty much everything up to up to Beatles for sale and then you could have the mid-era which changes in and of itself, like you said, Rubber Soul and Revolver and Sergeant Pepper are—they're all there's such a, a an evolution there, and then kind of the latter era, the latter era stuff. And back to back to the influence of McCartney and his his playing on you, you could tell when he switches instruments and goes over to that Rickenbacker, the bass really becomes more pronounced when he when he leaves the Hofner. You can really tell, especially on, on like a Revolver and a Sergeant Pepper, and that stands out in the melodicism of his playing. Uh, that had to have really stood out to you as you're hearing that really booming out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you listen to those bass lines, you know, from from uh, you know Pepper on, and he really got you know going at it. You mentioned a lot of studios as well. Bearsville comes out a lot in, in the book and taking time and recording the albums up there. If you could record at only one 
studio, whether it's a studio you've recorded at or one that just in, in the industry that's well known in the industry, what would it be? My studio in Sacramento. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> You talk about that. You you wrote up a what what I mean. You wrote about it in the book, but 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 reiterate here in, in our in our chat. What really stands out about J Street and the the current version of J Street? Well, I you know I I created it, and you know it's got you know state of the art gear, but it's it's got a vibe in it that you know makes me want to be very creative. So it's it's you know it's like. Your dream house, you know, when you build your dream house, you put everything in it you want. So this studio's got everything I want. It's got an atmosphere that makes me want to, you know, be creative. Is there, um, is there any studio that comes the closest to J Street? If for whatever reason you couldn't go in there anymore, is there any place that you think it gets in the ballpark? of that that has the most features that you'd like? Mm, well, I mean, you know, Bearsville's not there anymore. That's where we did our first three albums. You know, I had kind of a, a thing for Bearsville. Uh, and then at all the other studios we ever been in, no, there was nothing that really yeah. makes me want to run back to any one of them. I presume you'd probably want to have, if any place would want to have a Nev, console as well which there was yeah absolutely it has to have a neve console or neve sorry <laughs> sorry for the mispronunciation on the which yeah. which, which, which the guy died just not that long ago just passed away yeah a couple weeks ago yeah he was pretty old but he was a genius for i mean and and neves and ssls are, are the two that we hear about the most and just growing up and reading about rock music and pop music of I hear those those are the two boards that always hear about the most. You obviously as we just said you're a Neve person, hands down. I'm a Neve guy, yeah. You're right. What's to, to the lay listener who's going, well, it's it's a it's a control board. What's the difference? Okay, well, you know the difference. What's the difference? Why is that that much better? It's not that much better. It's just the preference thing. It's like, do you like the Beatles or the Stones? Mm. Or do you like them both, you know? I mean, I happen to like them both, but if I'm going to pick a record, if you said, well, you, you could only pick one, I would pick the Beatles. You talked a lot about filming the early videos in particular and the hairspray that had to go in, into that. You made the reference to um, to Welcome to the Jungle um, it, as another example of that, which always stood out to me as the oddball Guns N' Roses videos. Like, why is Axl Rose with hairspray in that one? But that was back when... Yeah, let's make you all get your hair feathered up and all that sort of stuff for those first two videos. What overall of all the Tesla videos you've done, what is your favorite or are your favorites that you ever filmed? Mm, I like Evans Trail a lot. Um, Edison's Medicine, I think, was probably my favorite out of all of them. Why was that? It just was a really cool video and we looked really cool on it and you know, it, I think it really captured what we were all about. What's the best approach that when, when you're shooting a video, what's the best approach that a, like a director could take with you guys? And I mean that in the sense of like, 
how hands-on, hands-off, kind of how they how they manage the whole thing. What what do you guys look for? That, okay, this this is a good way to do a video. What what works best? Um, just let us be natural, you know. Do or do what we normally do. When we try to you know act or or you know be something we're not, it doesn't come across genuine. Managing came up a lot in the book. Um, between your managing and managers you dealt with. So what would you say is the most underrated aspect people would not necessarily know to being a successful manager in the music industry? Mm, how much time do you spend on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. How much in a given day would you would would you find when you've been managing? How how long do you spend on the phone? How much time? How much time do you spend communicating with others as a manager? You know, I even spend you know four or five hours a day. Wow! When you're in the middle of a project, mm -hmm. lots of pieces. Yeah, love song was another thing you brought up about asking to release that as a. a Getting, getting that released as the third single back in late 89 and asking the asking management eventually going to the record company getting that thing released so if love song doesn't get released where do you think the band ends up well i don't think we'd be talking on the phone <laughs> you know yeah love song was the first hit and then you know, signs followed. I, I, you wouldn't, you know, Chessa wouldn't have those two top ten singles. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it would have been the same story. Yeah, I mean, do you think the band would have? And, and I know there was a fourth single that was released after that, but that, if history is going the way, the way that it goes, and Love Song isn't released, and they, and they end that. You think the band breaks up right after that? Is that probably what happens? And then you go on to other stuff if if that song doesn't get released and goes top five? I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know. I, I mean, you know, it, it was a big integral part. So uh, if, if that didn't happen, then, you know, we probably would have went and made another record and who knows what would happen. Yeah. What is the, what do you think is the most underrated Tesla song? Underrated Tesla Underrated. Song? One that, that you don't hear too many people talk about it, whether it's fans or people in the industry, but one you go, you know what, that's a really special song. I almost wish it would get more attention from, from people from any of the Tesla projects over the decades. Oh man. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, underrated song, or even, um, a, or even a favorite of yours that does that for whatever reason doesn't get talked about much. But you're like, I really love doing blank. I would say it's probably something in the later part of our career. You know, in the in that first part of our career, we were all over the radio, so all, all you know, we got a lot of a lot of uh, attention in terms of. Stuff. I think there's some really good songs on the later albums, you know, yeah. that, you know, because we haven't been on the radio as much, that probably 
you know, I don't know, let's say, you know, I want to live or falling apart. You know, I think are really good songs. Life's a river mm-hmm. is, is probably a, a really underrated song. If you had the opportunity to remix everything from the early era, you talked a little bit about how the, the production of the of the early albums how that how that sounded with reverberation and, and especially going back to mechanical resonance um if you could kind of do what like like pearl jam did with their first album and re mix it remaster it and make it sound is there is there a producer you'd want to bring in is there a certain approach you'd take would you even do that or is it look the album was the album that's what people heard that's the history of it or would you want to re-record the songs? What, what would you say about the ones where you go sonically? Maybe it could the actual recorded output could have been different. What, what approach would you prefer? To well, take? I don't have any problem with the Sonics. I have a problem with the way it was mixed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wouldn't have anyone come in. I, w- I we would do it ourselves, and 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 remix it. Um, you know, the first album in particular has, you know, all this reverb on it and stuff. And I think if you had the first album sound more like Psychotic Supper, it'd been amazing. What do you think is the essence of Tesla? You talked about at one point in the book dealing with, with Troy, about how, like, for example, it's different working with him on, with Soul Motor on, on I think it was on Revolution Wheel versus Into the Now. And the different maybe the different vibe and working within the confines of the band so what maybe first i'll ask it this way what's the vibe between everyone when you're creating and playing music with each other and then bringing that into the essence of what is the band tesla and that that group of you guys that have been in the band for so long now you know i mean the creative process is the interesting process with tesla i mean there's a lot of you know, that goes into it. I think the point I was, you know, making a, about Troy was just that, you know, at that time, you know, we were struggling to find, you know, common ground communicating with each other, uh, which, you know, today is completely fine. I just saw him last week. He came and stayed two days with me in Sacramento. So, you know, in the book, I just, you know, kind of putting out there that as a band, we're like any band, you know, every band has, you know, a certain amount of problems and a certain amount of harmony. And, you know, the point I was making is that we've survived. We overcame, you know, all the obstacles that were thrown at us that like any band, we, you know, we, we fight, you know, we took drugs, we drank, we did everything that any other band did. This is the point I was trying to make. Alfie. I hear I hear him in the background that Alfie, <laughs> Alfa, come here, buddy. Come here. Stop it. No, 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 no. Not Alfie. Jack Russell. <laughs> Not three Jack Russells. I I love it. I have a I have a Morky at home. It's not quite a Jack Russell, obviously, but but I I know what I'm hearing in the in the background. I'll hear the same thing when I'm at at home. Come here. What I'm trying to do an interview, buddy. That's okay. We can have a dog on. That's totally fine. 
I love it. Hey, you guys, stop it. <laughs> how, is, is it just him? Or how many dogs do you no, have by you right now? It's spanky and alfalfa. They're they're playing. <laughs> That's great. I love this. This is this is wonderful. Oh my gosh, this, this is great. Hi, hi. <laughs> I'm saying hi to the dog. Uh, spanky now, spanky starting in. Oh boy. <laughs> One dog barking next to another. Hey, 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 come on now. I'm on the phone. <laughs> no, you can't sing. No, no. Okay, okay. I know. Daddy loves his story. <laughs> oh, that's that's so fun. I seriously, this this is great. I I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. I think that I think that happened with one of my other interviews. There, there was a, like a dog or a cat in the background. Got on. I think it was a dog, and it was absolutely adorable. So I, I love it. I, 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 I love that you wrote so much about your dogs in in the book too. Well, they're my children, right? You yeah. know, they're, they're 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 you know they're me and my wife's children. Uh huh. So do you always see yourself? You know, people, you always, people come over and they're like. You know, you treat your dogs better than people. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I like okay. my dogs better than most people. Well, it's unconditional love with them. That's that's what I've known all my life, and I'm sure you've known the same thing all your life as well. Uh, you see yourself always having Jack Russells? Yeah, my wife doesn't, but we've had seven of them. I, I always like Jack Russells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think they're just amazing dogs and they're all unique. Every one we had was unique. It had its own thing, you know? Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, the only other dog I had, I had I had a uh, German Shepherd and I had a German Shepherd Collie Bix. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the only you know, the dogs I had. Uh and then when I was a kid, we had a poodle, a, a kind of a bigger poodle. Mm. You know, not a huge one, but, you know, a little bit bigger than a Jack Russell. Got it. Um, but, yeah, I've got a thing for Jack Russells. That's good. That's good. And like I said, I, I got a Morky at home, so it's it's, it's a mix, obviously. Um, yeah. there, are def- there are definite Jack Russell characteristics that'll that'll come out of uh, come out of our dog at, at home, and my my wife and I absolutely adore him. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, I, I know what you're talking about with the Jack Russells. It's it's <laughs> it's it's great. Um, you mention Italy a lot. Have you gotten much musical influence from all the time you spent in Italy? Well, I've got a little studio in my house in Italy, so. You know, I do do some work when I'm there. Um, not really writing, though. I do a lot of mixing there. and uh, But I do take stuff away from Italy when I go, and then I go back when I go back to, you know. I'll, you know, I remember this one particular day, I was at a, uh, at a parade called the Modulata in our village, Lucignano, and there was all these drums going on. And it just sounded massive. So I recorded it with my phone, this drum, you know, marching drum thing. And, uh, you know, I've used that in a song just, you know, because it was so cool. Mm. Cool. Is there a, a, 
and again, I, I, I can kind of get a feel for it. I've never been to Italy myself, but I, I as a reader, I could kind of get a feel for the the vibe, the environment around there when you're writing about that. How how can you describe that 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 feeling of of being there versus being and and then being in a position to go in and mix music there versus doing so at any location here in the United States? Um, you know, it's just nice if you you know you wake up in Tuscany and you go in your your mix room and you open the windows and you see the Tuscan countryside. It's it's pretty you know it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know that the mixes are any better than they <laughs> yeah. are when I'm in America or anything, right. but you know, it's, it's really nice atmosphere to surround yourself in when you're, you know, I mean, Italy's just amazingly beautiful. So anything you do there, eating a sandwich is, you know, cooler than eating a sandwich in yeah. the middle of West Texas or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've never done either one. I've never been to West Texas nor Italy, so I'll have to... I'll well, have I've to... been to both. I have houses in both and, and uh, you know, I'd rather be in Italy all year long. <laughs> Looking forward, now the book is out, what's... What are you going to be doing next? What are your next projects when, in any capacity? Solo, Tesla, anything? What, what are you doing Well, the next? next thing I'm going to do is put out a bunch of soul motor music. I've got a bunch of songs recorded and finished with soul motor. And that's going to come out, you know, on the hills of the book. And then, you know, then hopefully Tesla will go back and start playing. And then after that, you know, talk about doing a new record. So, you know, that's the next things in line for me. Uh, You know, there's talk about me doing another book. So, you know, I'll probably start working on that, you know, this year. Hmm. And uh, I'm always, you know, doing something. Always staying busy. Nice. Are you at liberty to say what the subject of that other book would be? I don't know yet. Honestly. Um. I don't know, you know, what it would be. Cool. Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, you know, well, we'll be looking forward to it anyway because this is a good book to read and it was really descriptive of of your life and I learned a lot from it. So it was a good read and anyone listening, I would encourage to read it as well. Son of a Milkman, My Crazy Life with Tesla from Brian Wheat. Thanks for taking some time and, uh, and and even having the dogs on on board with this one. Yeah, Good. well, you know, Alfalfa decided he wanted to start singing. So. <laughs> well, you got got another vocalist if you need a backing vocalist, so that works out. So yeah. So thanks, uh, Brian. You know, I mean, one thing I've thought about is maybe doing a a book on Jack Russell's. You know, my experiences with all by when Jack Russell's. That may be you know something I've contemplating going back and forth on it's a lot of jack russell fans out there you know Mm -hmm. that would that would be fun that's that i like that idea already so cool well thanks brian for taking the time to to chat today good book good chat and all the best going down the road all right buddy thank you good chat there with brian wheat of tesla uh the book again son of a milkman my crazy life with tesla you can find it at a lot of the usual places where you can buy books definitely buy this one and you'll get a good music history uh, education and a good bio on the life 
of Brian Weed. You can follow what he's doing on social media. Find him on a lot of the usual platforms. Same goes for Soul Motor, his, his band besides Tesla. You can find Soul Motor on social media. And then there's Tesla on social media. And also they have their own website, teslatheband.com. Teslatheband.com. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story podcast. Thanks as always to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio, for providing facilities to do these interviews. You can listen to a lot of these interviews at greatesthits981.com. At the top of the page where it says features, put the mouse over that, you'll see popping up where it says interviews. Click there and you can listen to and in some cases watch these interviews that I do and co-worker John Murphy does, a lot of musicians. Also, you can go to the Greatest Hits 98.1 YouTube channel and listen to and in some cases watch these interviews. You can also find this podcast at a lot of the usual platforms, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Android devices, of course, to find podcasts. Make sure you you subscribe to get the latest episodes and also rate this up if you if you so desire. That'll help spread the word. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.